episode 88 of No Guitar Is Safe featuring virtuoso Strapmaster and genius amp builder Thomas Blug is brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player, play better, sound better. So you know what? On the day of this interview with Thomas Blug, man, thunderstorm, lightning, everywhere, rain, sideways. L.A. doesn't usually get that kind of stuff, man. The whole place was shutting down, man. Stoplights are out. But you know what? It didn't stop the copter. Still made it across town. Nothing stops the copter, folks, because I had to go over to Gunnar Larson's home studio, where he teaches guitar and has lots of cool gear. and And his uh, website is laguitarteacher.com. By the way, Gunnar was our host for my interview with the great Thomas Blug, who is in town from Germany. You're listening to Thomas right now, man. This is a song called Strat King, and wow, he is a king of the strat. I learned that the second I first saw him, which was 2009. I'm walking down the main aisle of the NAMM show in the big room, come up to the Hughes and Kettner booth, and this guy's playing this vintage Stratocaster, just making it soar. I was so impressed, I actually took a couple videos. Check out the No Guitar Is Safe Facebook page, and you'll see one of those videos I took 10 years ago. Since then, I've vowed and promised to myself that I would interview Thomas Blug. And I really, really appreciate Gunnar Larson for having us over to his pad on this crazy rainy day where Gunnar hooked me up with a pristine vintage Fender Deluxe that I just kind of play a little rhythm guitar through. And Thomas, well, Thomas is kind of a genius. And I don't, I don't use that word lightly, but this cat, you know, he worked for Hughes and Kettner for years designing amps, designing cool pedals and other accessories. It's kind of a pretty smart cat and uh, self-taught, which is always very impressive to me. You can't teach genius. You just have it. And he's got this new product. Well, it's not even that new anymore. A couple of years old. It's called the Amp One. It's a little 100-watt Marshall Killer guitar amp. Basically, I say it's a Marshall Killer because as you're going to find out when we compare it to one of Gunner's vintage Marshall heads, this thing can really do that. Very same sound, but it's a Class D power amp with, with one nanotube and uh, all the knobs you need to control the tone, 100 watts, effects loop, very cool. No bigger than a cigar box, so lightweight, it's crazy. I actually used it to open for Boston on a couple of shows. And of course, I did, um, so I've done a bunch of other local stuff with it as well. But I've used this on a big stage through a 4x12, and it totally rocks. 
And I'm really curious to talk to Thomas about it. So as you're going to find out, towards the end of the interview, we really get deep into the Amp 1, including the new version, which is the Amp 1 Mercury Edition, which got 10 out of 10 gold award from Guitarist Magazine across the pond, which is very cool. So that's at the tail end of the interview. We'll go deep on that. If you happen to own one of these, you're going to learn so much about it. If you don't, well, you're going to learn a lot about amp design from a genius cat named Thomas Blug. Again, check him out at blueguitar.com. That's B-L-U, guitar, one word. There's no E in it. Just his last name, Blug, followed by guitar. But of course, I got to find out how Thomas became so established, both as a award-winning guitarist and an award-winning amp maker so we'll go deep on that and also find out who are his influences so when the show opens up we're at gunner's house and we're playing a little chris isaac jam kind of suits the rainy day outside this sort of mood i think in the meantime check this out This is Thomas playing through his amp one in a 12-inch speaker cabinet with a choir and an orchestra, and they're actually performing for Angela Merkel, you know, Chancellor of Germany. Thank you. 
Nice one. I gotta do the last part. <laughs> I love that. I love that tune, man. When I, uh, yeah. I remember hearing that back in the days of radio. Ah, oh, yeah. 90s when it came out. Mm-hmm. I used to be like that, man. I'd be like, I gotta buy that tomorrow. What is that? I'm like waiting for the DJ. Chris Isaac. Just because that guitar track is so yeah, brilliant on that it, tune. It is, you know, there's a magic tone and a magic atmosphere about that song. And it it, 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 it makes an instant picture in my head. You know, it's like, wow. Actually, it, it is kind of American California vibe. You know, even when I drive in Germany in the Autobahn and then <laughs> you listen to this kind of music, it takes you to another world. And it's all, wow. You know, it's the emotions is immediately there yeah, and it's instantaneous yeah. kind of surf vibe as you said yeah. Yeah, yeah Chris Isaac Wicked Games that song yeah so was there ever a song in your youth that you just heard on the radio that stopped you in your tracks like a guitar part yeah I mean my very first one that was even before I was playing the guitar was Apache by uh, Shadows Bob oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, this kind of. Like a Hank Marvin. Hank Marvin, yeah. It's a beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. One of the first great Stratocaster players. Absolutely, yeah. And. He had a, a red Stratocaster and in Europe. <laughs> um, cool. And, and the other guy that I was really, 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 really uh, impressed by was Richie Blackmore. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he is my hero. You know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he gets such a great clear tone. I mean, how influential was that solo right there? It's like, Absolutely. sounds like, you know, it kind of from Hotel California to Ingve Malmsteen, to, it just seems like it had a very strong role. In rock history, yeah. yeah and what I like the best about Richie Blackmore, this is maybe, you know, the guy played blues because, you know, well, if you think of Deep Purple and Richie Blackmore, think of G, you know? Yeah. You know, this is like a made in Japan. But yeah, also, yeah. you know, if he plays... Uh, I love that stuff, like all that deep purples. Yeah. Oh, what was this? What key is that in? Uh, this is D minor. <laughs> so, is there a harmony part? Okay, one, okay. two, three, four. Yeah. 
yeah, the harmony part. And then the next thing is when when he will, you know this? Where um, he, maybe. He plays 16s. So one, two. You know, okay. and he doubles the whole. So okay, you would start here. Yeah, like yeah. on C. One, two, three, four. I recognize yeah. all these solos, but I don't, can't remember exactly which song. Uh, same here, but uh, it, it, it's killer. Oh, I just love it. This is the original uh, uh, lick here is in the shuffle part where it's really fast. It's so fast. I don't know how he does it. But I can show you one cool Blackmore lick that I really admire. I don't know how the guy got that from. It's from this. uh, Bring that neck. Okay. And and he plays it all over. uh, He also plays it in Trout in Time. So... Cool. So you're starting with the first finger at the ninth fret of the third string. Yeah. And then jump. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then he goes to the F as well, which is the the tenth fret on the G string. Mm-hmm. It's with like first a finger. This kind of... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if you know, but I'm going to show you. Uh, there's this fucking great, pardon my French, but wow, great Rishi Blackmore. Like, I'm just check it out. Yeah. Incredible! I'm glad I started that one. I don't. I don't think I've ever jammed on smoke on the water for real, man. It's great to hear you stretching out like you got yeah. stuff down. You know, this is my 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 youth. This is when I was a teenager and I was in my, you know, little teenager room and going for it. You Have know? you ever met Richie? Or? No, not him. Oh, we, we got to make that happen. Got to make that happen. 
I met Jeff Beck, I met David Gilmour, I met a lot of people, but Richie... You just love those Strat players, as do I, I must say. <laughs> do you have your Strat? Well, first of all, tell us about your beautiful Stratocaster. I know you have a couple of beautiful ones. What's yeah, this one? This, this is my blue guitar Stratocaster. It's not the Fender Stratocaster, which stays back home in Germany, uh, since airlines get a bit funny these days. Yeah, and that's like a, that one is like a 61? It's, it's a 61, yeah. And I bought the guitar when I was 17, and uh, I wanted to have, you know, like a real good strat. When I, after seeing Gary Moore on television, that's another shocker yeah. for me. You know, yeah, yeah, totally. Me too. I, I, I saw the concert where he played his Corridors of Power tour or whatever. Oh, man. Oh, I was, I, we're like, I'm just a little tiny bit younger than you, I think, maybe two or three years. So I, yeah. saw, I saw him open for Rush. But even before then, I had heard that in the tone, the strat tone, yeah. like the end of the world. Yeah. And cold-hearted, cold-hearted, cold It's actually based on uh, mistreated. Oh. If you think of that, you know, Bl uh, Richie started the whole thing. You know. Man, I'm gonna have to check that out. And then, uh, cold-hearted is the same key. It's all connected. Yeah, yeah, it's all connected. And but the energy Gary Moore or Gary can put behind a note—that's you know—he burns. You know, every note is like the last note he ever would play. You know, it's like it's like you have such a great vibrato, man. Can, can I feel? <laughs> how do you approach vibrato? Like you're just shaking that guitar. Let me see that note again. Yeah. Okay. This is like. A <laughs> But also, there's some subtle right, brothers. Like. Yeah. It's all about energy, you know? Did you build this guitar yourself? Or? Yeah, this is actually uh, Trevor Wilkinson, the guy who has the Wilkinson hardware, yeah, yeah. did it for me when I started my company, Blue Guitar. He said, if you do videos, uh, you should have your own guitar with your own logo. Yeah. So we have, um, this is like a custom shop copy of my original Fender uh, 61. And I will do some more. I just uh, received 60 necks from Japan. Oh, cool. And uh, maybe next year I have some strats for sale. Oh, sweet. Is that at Wilkinson Bridge? Yeah. that's a it looks like it's very classic Fender with a bent steel I I actually saddles. talked Trevor into this and, and, and he's, he's like old enough that okay I've done all the improvements now I go back to the original design <laughs> that he tried to improve and it said you know my, I was only about tone so I want to have um, you know a cold real steel block yeah. um, you know this, this cold rolled steel which is heavier and then the the um, the plate needs to be extra hard so i don't know it has how many rock welds there's a, a scale for how hard it is this is super hard and the um what's this called the saddles saddles uh, the saddles are not too hard and so this kind of all interesting in, in makes part of the tone how and would how high is it floating like if you hit a harmonic at the 12th fret of the g string yeah how high does it go up? Almost a major third, maybe yeah, a minor it, third? Yeah, I, I usually have it a minor third. Is what I like. Wow. 
and it stays in tune. Yeah, do you uh, put any nut lube on there or anything like that, or you just um, stays, you just have magic powers? Uh, no, no, I have no magic powers. I, I try to uh, to check that the strings don't get blocked in a way. And um, so I put the string tree a bit higher. Oh yeah, the string tree is actually. High. I've I've just found that my B string is not under the string tree. Oh, I won't fix it now because otherwise the guitar is totally yeah. out of tune. Yeah. Um, and there's another little story here about the um, the vibrato system. The third screw on the D string is oh, missing. Yeah. So this looks like a classic Fender style bridge, but yeah. instead of six screws, you only have five holding it down. Yeah, and this this was. I, on my original 61 Fender Strat, I took this uh, screw off because it was causing some block problems. So, and then I became famous to be the guy with the five screws. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Trevor insisted to have all my guitars only with five screws. Yeah. That's great. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that could be the secret of, of your tone. <laughs> you and you hold your guitar like a classical guitarist might on your left knee. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, well, I I have to find out how you because I consider you to be in a special class of guitarist. I've met a lot of great guitarists, and that's how I fell in love with your music. I didn't know who you were. I just was walking down the Nam show in two thousand nine, and I will put the video yeah. on the Facebook page. Back then, because I have it. Yeah, it's still on YouTube. Okay. And it was a Hughes and Kettner booth, and right. I was just stopped in my tracks by your playing. I filmed two songs. Each one of them was like five minutes long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're just like, you know, standing there just wailing, blowing yeah. my mind. So already your guitar playing blows my mind. But then the fact that you could start this incredible company and also mm -hmm. your history with Hughes and Kettner, it's like, I have to know how you came to do all that. Where did, like, what kind of a household did you grow up in, first of all? Where did you grow up and what did your parents do? Okay, yeah. My, my uh, parents, my father is at university and he's into total different things. He's psychology. Pedagogia, pedagogic, mm -hmm. you know, teaching. Pedagogy, yeah. yeah. Um, and so when I was a kid, um, I was uh, uh, doing my homework um, at, at the university. And, um, you know, after finishing my homework, I was wandering around the, the university and I saw all these kind of professors and they were talking. And this was totally boring because I didn't understand anything. So one day I found a technician that was repairing all the technical gear in the university and this guy was repairing like TV screens and microphone preamps for seminar rooms yeah and 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 I liked the guy so how old were you then like I was like 10 maybe gotcha. or, or even eight you know so and th the kind of thing uh, developed so my first hobby was not music my first hobby was electronic you know due to this technician and um i still love the smell of 60s uh mic preamps and you know this yeah. is uh, this yeah and 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 soda tin uh with lead yeah, yeah, <laughs> you okay. know they had to change this lately for environment but anyway um so i started to build my own uh, hi-fi amps to listen to music and then on the other this hand is before you play guitar yeah this is all before i played the guitar building amplifiers yeah stereo stereo yeah yeah only yeah. stereo because i couldn't play and then um the musical influence also came with my father because he was kind of visiting um in germany we call it wohngemeinschaften which is like where the students team up and live in one flat uh, you know, like, uh, yeah. so they, uh, every student had his own room. And back in the days, they had like their own uh, record collection. Mm. 
So me being like 10 years old, my father always talking, talking, talking with them about psychology, you know, I didn't get anything. So I was sneaking around listening to vinyl and in different rooms from the different students. And, cool. and I discovered the Rolling Stones. This was probably the first, my first heroes. And then I discovered um, a few BB uh, 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 King, Freddie King, which is very unusual for a German usually yeah. at that time. But some, some that's cool. I can hear it in your playing. Yeah. And then um, once I discovered the music, at one of these evenings, somebody had a guitar in, in the corner. And I you know, just being bored, I was strumming a little bit. And then I got this as a birthday present one day. And right. actually, I was the first thing was, don't give me a guitar. I want more electronic shit. I want more. <laughs> you know? So I was a, a bit against it. But then I discovered that I could build an amplifier for the guitar. Nice. And that was the starting point. So then you're like 13 or yeah. something? Yeah. Wow. Uh, 13, 14. And then I discovered, man, I want the real guitar. And then I discovered the beauty of playing the guitar. And then my focus went totally into the playing direction. How did you get so damn good at playing? <laughs> uh, actually... I, I know when I was uh, still at school in the morning at school and then in, when I came home from school I, I had a, a very simple thing I, I just went and had a groove and start to improvise and I forgot about time I get totally lost it's like I'm you know the, 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 I came home like noon and then the next thing I noticed is was dark and I was hungry <laughs> and, exactly. and, the, and five hours just passed you know me doing Size and blah 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 blah, you know, and it, I, I can get lost in this as long as there if there's groove, you know, I forget about the rest of, 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 of the life. And actually, this was causing a little trouble at school because I didn't do enough homework. But I, I finished school and, um, and then I decided to sell all my electronic stuff. Just I became, um, I was booked in my first recording session when I was 17 I was only playing three years and they hired me to play in a studio cool I mean you know when I think back of this this is scary in that three years scary. and uh, yeah and it, uh, you know 17 a few studio gigs and then I went uh, on a tour with with a German band and and then uh, one day I got Houston uh, Kettner were looking for a demonstrator and then I, I, I did, uh, you know, demonstrations and I came back to the company and I liked the concept, but I didn't like the sound. Uh, and then the next 27 years, I ended up being in the Houston Kettner R&D. <laughs> Amazing. So you got back deep into your engineering and... Both, yeah. No formal study? No, neither or nothing. I just finished school. Right, high school is it or whatever yeah. you call it. yeah gymnasium which is the high school kind of thing before you like, go it looks like the word gymnasium which yeah. <laughs> is confusing to us but yeah okay gotcha yeah and, so and this is all i know nothing and i know everything but i know how i can you know how to learn yeah exactly that's the point I'm how do you learn 
I'm self-taught and, and you have to divide a big problem into small chunks. That's all. It, it doesn't matter if it's a... a, a You know, a lick, right. or if it's uh, a technical issue, you, you you just think about the big picture, and then you get into your focus and small, and then you have to be patient and take care of each chunk by its time. You but know, if anybody wants to do anything now, the first thing they do is go on YouTube. Like, you want to like you know repair your carburetor on your car, you don't know anything about it. You people, but even now, what is the best way to use? It, yeah, I, I think. Um, what most people forget about is is actually to play you know yeah. and uh, i can play just being on my own i don't need a looper i do i can still kind of think of the harmonies in the background while i do something so i can land on yeah. the right notes at the right so you know so that but this is i think it's it's important um, not only to recreate stuff that other people tell you, it's also to be able to create. At least I'm yes, a creator, right. you know? And uh, if you are a classical musician, then you are a recreator. But for me, it is um, nice to be able to create and therefore you have to have and train yourself to be in the flow with the groove and be cons, you know, consistent and don't go like oh stop every time and say i cannot play it is i play a lot of lousy stuff but i somehow can uh, you know end it in a way that it looks like oh the guys know knows what he's doing or what are some of the uh, products that you either designed or had a big role in designing at hughes yeah. and kettner uh well uh, the the, re the 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 rotosphere tube rotosphere yeah. which is used by jeff beck billy gibbons and all my heroes wow. which is the leslie uh, simulator i've done this in 1997 probably if i i, I don't even remember last century um you know all these tube pedals last tube millennium men. Yeah, last millennium. <laughs> it is uh, it, th all these tube pedals were my ideas. I draw all the ideas, you know, tube man, uh, reflex, uh, blah blah blah. And then um, the the triumph was my amp, you know. Oh, amazing. That's the one with thirteen tubes. Or? Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, this was kind of a multi-channel head, you know, probably even before the the ecstasy by Bogner. But you know, it, it was in the air at that yeah. time, and. Um, I also worked on modeling with Steinberg, you know, the German yeah. software company. Yeah, yeah, they make, what do they make, Cubase? Cubase, or? yeah, Cubase. Yeah. So uh, I was on the list of Cubase ones, but I, I was, I'm, I, I cannot write code, but I worked together with uh, a software designer to tell him what to yes. look at for tube style plugins. Amazing, and then tell me about when you decided that you had to branch off and create blue guitar and amp one was it just where you've been thinking about it a while and then you're just like i have to step out this has to get done someone has to make this yeah i mean i <laughs> i have seen you know too many tube amps that are great and and i, I couldn't see any evolution and i've done um, a digital amp i i've i've worked on the centera for five years so i know exactly oh, what yes. digital technology is about and uh I think we even had the award back then, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, for me, 
the, the, the future f for the real tube amp is a problem since the, the tube quality is getting lower and lower. Ah. Tubes with a good quality are so hard to find and especially for a manufacturer for production. And I was, you know, gathering all this knowledge about, you know, I could replace the input stage already. I could replace uh, bits and pieces. And then I thought about, you know, I should uh, actually do what I've done in the modeling world replace every individual stage of a tube amp with not with a digital model but with an analog circuitry that does exactly what is happening in a tube amp and nobody has done this you know lately companies go there like uh, the, the the new tube by by vox but i don't want to use this tube because it's a japanese tube which is great it's a it's a different design. It's more like one of these Nixie tubes that, um, but it works. It there will be yeah. a future in this kind of direction too. Right. But I chose to do. So this is you. Say, you absolutely did do that, where you replaced everything with yeah. analog. Yeah. Like An analog model, basically. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, yeah. that's the only way to do it. If you have like one pedal that does it all and a neutral power amp it's not doing the job it's not the same thing right. and and that that's what i'm after i'm you know i don't want to feel or sound different than i would be playing a real good tube amp that's and and i was actually talking to Houston Kettner back then but i was this was a bit too early for them they were still happy with uh, you know uh, their current product line back then and i i thought hey it, it, it's now or never you know and you do it sometimes in life right yeah and i i actually took the full risk and put all my savings into this company and i still have my lousy old car with 500,000 uh, kilometers on it but uh, the company uh, my company is still alive i have no bank it's all my money it's small but it's healthy hey that's wonderful and i'm a, my own boss which is great Hey, man, I love these things. I think I told you that I had the honor of opening for Boston two yeah. shows with uh, the amp one. Yeah. There is a Marshall there, but I just used it. It ran it straight into the 4x12. Sounded great. Like big arenas, you know? Yeah. And and I have some users like, um, you know, the Ben Saga from... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ian, he uses the amp one. Oh, yeah. He's been... People have been telling me he should be on this show. Hey, get him on the show because the, the good thing is over the last two years, you see in all the videos, there's tube amps, marshals and whatever diesels on stage. But on top of the tube amp is always my tiny amp one and just look where the cables go. <laughs> so the, the tube amp is a nice look, but the sound comes from the amp one. And um, Ian was also a hero of mine when I was uh, a teenager because they had all these kind of complex lines, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, very precise, fast. Yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. Well, that's great. So you got this company rolling, and of course, you've done a lot of crazy gigs. How did you get to become Strat King? What is Strat King? I mean, I think you're a Strat King. Fender Europe awarded me to be the Strat King of Europe back in 2004, when the Fender Stratocaster got 50 years old. So there was a contest in Europe about who's the best strat player. And I was, I'm not into this kind of thing usually. Right. And my webmaster back then 
He told me, if you don't enter this end corner, I, <laughs> I'm not doing anything for you anymore. So, uh, okay, I sent uh, some music in and then I was uh, selected in a pre-audition. And then uh, there was another um, kind of level, uh, Germany level. And then there was the finals out of six players from all over Europe, from Killer players, by the way. Yeah, uh, you know, Hungary, Germany, another one, France, Sweden, uh, Ireland. Um, Paul Rose was one of my competitors back then, and he's a killer player. And somehow, I was playing that day. We played with a band, and we played some of our tunes. They had to learn it in front of an audience, and the audience was part of clapping, was giving. Yes. And there was, uh, I was lucky. I, I got that award. <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations. Very cool. I would have definitely given you some strong votes myself. I'm playing this deluxe reverb, beautiful, 67, right. perfect, but we're playing very quiet. It's one of Gunner's amps here. Yeah. So neat. I don't know if I've ever played one that pristine. It looks brand new. Silver face. It's a killer amp, I tell you. And, and as you were saying, you have the amp one. I have the amp one Mercury edition, and I have the Marshall 51. Uh, actually, it's a tremolo version. It's also one of Gunner's amps here, and uh, it's... You know, it's the real deal, the, the old school 50 watt Marshall, and I had to tame it down with a power soak um, nice. because we're here in a, you know, neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, we're really playing at conversation level. Like yeah. we're not exaggerating. Like we really are playing at talking level. Yeah. So maybe and I that's like a four input kind of Marshall yeah. classic head. It's like 70s or it's early 70s. Um, yeah. I'm not exactly. It's not a plexi. It has the aluminium front panel already. Um, and um, it's a, a Vox cabinet. So maybe I can do this little thing. That's no, let's A, B, the difference yeah. in that. Okay, why don't you play either uh, one and don't okay. tell us which yeah, is which. Yeah, okay, this is a tone one. And that's tone number two. <laughs> play a different lick on one, on two. 
So Thomas has this really cool radial tone bone switcher here that switches the amp from amp one to the Marshall head as well as the speaker cable. Yeah. Instantly. And it's just phenomenal to me to see. I mean, I'm familiar with the amp one because I've used one. Right. You know, but to see that it sounds like indistinguishable. And one is a giant tube head right. from the 70s, and one is something that's basically the size of a Boss double pedal. Yeah, it's a cigar box. <laughs> cigar box, exactly. It's slightly bigger than a boss double pedal. And it's only two pounds. Two pounds, 100 watts. Yeah. And and it's doing the job of a Real vintage deal amp. Yeah. Marshall. And of course, it has the other sounds as well. Do you want to demonstrate that sound some, a little bit more? Let's hear, let's hear now which one is actually which. So show us the uh, Marshall. Okay, this is the Marshall. And this is the M1. And what it yeah. actually does, it cleans up, you know? And to prove it, the Marshall doesn't have a reverb. I'd simply switch on yeah. the reverb and yeah. so. And if you've used the previous amp one, I think that's a deeper reverb than the previous amp yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um, first edition. enhanced the, the reverb quality. Um, you know, the first edition had a reverb spring type, but this is, uh, you know, I always try to do my best and I try to improve as much as I can. But to be honest, the first, the previous edition was also great and I still like it. Um, but I, I tighten up the overdrive sounds a bit, although I still love the old one. So I kept a few of the old ones for myself and um, the Mercury has a feature it's called the low gain mode which makes the amp a bit sweeter actually this is what i'm using right now really and uh, this makes it closer to the vintage amps and then yeah. of course i can go to the regular or the high gain mode and so the gain structure of the f of all four preamps is changed and has a bit more bite so if you, if you own one of these already, where's the low gain mode? How do you get into that? It's like well, a switch? Um, you switch the amp off and you press and hold down the boost button and then you switch it on while holding it down. Oh, wow. And this, this gives you the um, low gain mode. On the f uh, left side uh, foot switch, which is usually the, the channel switch, you can have it on 50 watt power, half power mode. <laughs> which I'm doing right now as well because right. I wanted to compare a 50 watt Marshall against the 50 watt uh, mode yeah. of my amp one. You know, yeah, awesome. So right. you know, the whole idea about this is I wanted to create something that just works the way a real tube amp works, and even you know with uh, power amp stage interaction, eye feedback and saturation, all that stuff, that is important because that's the way the tube amps make you feel playing a tube amp versus yeah. some digital stuff that sounds great, like a camper, but actually it feels a bit different. True. Yeah. Yeah, they do sound great, but yeah, a lot of the fully digital ones are... Yeah, it's it, it, well. The, every every product is great for different applications. You know, if yeah. if you if you want, you know, hundred different sounds on in ear, a camper is the way to go. Yeah, great direct straight uh, to the you know straight through the PA. Sound. And and your production manager will love you because it's it's so so easy. You know, just plug in consistent right. But I was just about getting the real deal tube. Um, amp in a smaller box with a smaller uh, handling uh, you know 
so it it is a lot more towards the real deal old school amps so that's what i was aiming at and where in the stage like tell us I myself, I don't know about other people. I don't know much about nanotubes. I've seen them. Yeah. They're a very small tube. You can see it through the glass on the top yeah. of the Amp1 yeah. pedal. Where is it in the whole signal flow, and what does it add? Actually, it's in the power amp stage. And that's weird because most people go, small tubes must be in the preamp. And yes, it is a kind of a preamp tube, but it works in the power amp stage. You know, I started the whole amp... Uh, backwards. I started with the power amp stage first because, as I just said, with modeling amps, they are fantastic to get the sound right, but the feel. And the feel is in the power amp stage. And so my feedback loop actually runs through the tube and everything, and it uses class D, but it, it, I have actually a power soak built in to scale it down to 50 watts or even lower. Um, so the zagging and the compression and the saturation in the power amp stage is like an all tube power amp stage and if if you are this kind of live player that plays next to a real drum kit this is what i think we grew up with and what we need you know yeah. maybe a few generations ahead people don't know how it was but for me that's magic you know if if i listen to led zeppelin and deep purple and you know all these classic bands they they created the sound like in the rehearsal room it's yes. not created in the studio within ears exactly and 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 this is that that's the magic of tone that i'm after so now that you have this great company and you, you pretty much have to, and you play so much, you have to use it everywhere you go now, right? Absolutely. I, I don't have to. <laughs> well, I have I have always a good excuse to, to use other products because it's, for me, I want to feel other products yeah. as well. You know, sometimes I play, you know, some competitors even or uh, whatever. Um, I'm, and I've always been like that. I have no limits, but I play it like every gig just because it's so more much more convenient. How do you mostly run your amp one? Like what kind of cabinet? I do have my own Blue Guitar 1x12 cabinet. Uh, there's actually three cabinets by Blue Guitar. The smallest one is called the Nano Cap, which is the smallest 112 possible. I simply took a 12-inch speaker, built an enclosure, and did a lot of tweaking to make it sound big, and it's wow. pretty impressive. And my personal preference is the Fat Cap, which is actually a cabinet I had even before Blue Guitar existed. This was my private solution uh, when I was still with Susan Kettner. And um, I wanted to have something compact and gives me this kind of rock low end. And so this is like a um, Tealer kind of housing. Maybe you can think of this uh, Mesa cabinet. Yeah. And I kind of make this a bit bigger, but lighter at the Is same... 2 by 12 no, no, no. It's it's still one by twelve, right. but it since it's bigger, it has the lower resonances going on. You know, so the the mid range is natural plus the extra low ends with the portation kind of thing. Has a couple ports on it, or yeah, it has a okay. a big port in and the back. Or no, no, in the front. In the front, oh, but okay. the, you you don't see it because of the front cloth. Um, and that's how the fat cab is that's made. The amp one. Yeah, that, that's a, that's that's my favorite cabinet. And now I have a, 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 a third cabinet, which is called a twin cab, which is actually a double 12 for right, the guys yeah. that want even more. Awesome. 
What about these tubes? Do they last forever, these nanotubes? Um, well, uh, forever is not true, <laughs> but they will last longer as we live. Um, uh. And that's by Russian military specs. So I designed the amp with a Russian engineer, and this tube has been for, is designed for missile use. So there's low microphonic, it's super uh, sturdy. So, you know, that's why I can put it in the pedal and you can jump yeah. on it. And the, the tube is the last thing that will break. Don't you always feel like the missiles, the tube missiles, have much better explosions than the digital <laughs> ones? Yeah. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the hand-wired ones are the best. Yeah. Well, see, the, if I go back for the old school technology, like hand-wired and PCB and all that, and different capacitors, like, you know, there's Orange Drops, there's Melloroy, there's Vima, all these capacitors, all these components and style also affect the sound. And I'm aware of that since I'm building amps, you know, almost my life, my whole entire life. But um, I've done the same thing with the small components. This is using SMD parts, which are tiny. And I was listening to different capacitors and they do exist. They use different materials and they actually do sound the same like the big ones but you just have to know which one to use and which part of the circuitry interesting so i know how to get a smd melloroy sounding capacitor or a vima and so i mix them in my circuitry at yeah. different places i have different types of capacitors even if they are super tiny and with the tube i use it on pl high plate voltage but um it's only one tube Okay, so if you think of an all-tube design, um, hand-wired, I do different things just by nature because it's so small. But knowing what happens if a amp is hand-wired and knowing what the components do differently, I can get really close. And I felt like that should be my job because I got you know this awareness and I got the ability to put this into a product. And I was waiting for somebody else to do it. And after years and years going to trade shows and seeing the same old great tube amps again and some new modeling stuff coming up, which is all good. I felt like this, somebody has to do it. And, and I ended up even founding my own company for that. <laughs> I know, that's amazing. Um, there are other small class D, first of all, yeah. Tell me, what is Class D? I always think of it as digital power amp and no. lightweight, but I don't... <laughs> no, no, it, it, it is, uh, it, it's a pulsed signal. It's like very, very fast, um, but it's not converted. To me, um, digital means like analog is converted yeah. into the digital domain. Yeah. And then, you know, if you have a modeling amp, for instance, your guitar is analog, then you need an AD converter at the input, and then yeah. you process the whole thing, and then you need a DA converter at the output. Yeah. So it's double twice it's yeah. uh, converted and processed and some losses are there uh, just by nature losses and changes yeah changes. okay okay you can compensate that but you know a compensation is not a real deal so in my m1 the input to output there is no conversion it's straight in straight out no latency no conversion no side effects how come class d is so lightweight though it doesn't weigh anything yeah because it's so efficient um, you can use, uh, uh, you don't need heat sinks, you don't need output transformers, 
that's the heavy thing on tube amps. And uh, the tubes itself is not so heavy, but they produce a lot of heat, which again eats up a uh, high current from the power supply. And uh, so the whole unit gets bigger because you need a bigger power supply, you know. And, and then, of course, if you have heavy components, you need a heavy chassis. You know, and this is it, it all sums up. And in the end, you, I don't know, 40 pounds amp uh, or whatever, yeah. uh, I don't know, 20 kilograms. And then some of them, does yours have a little fan in there? I have a little fan on the back, yeah. And this is actually regulated. So when you yeah. play at home, it, it kind of runs slow. Yeah. But when you crank it on stage and when the amp needs it, and this is what we actually done now, I cranked yeah. the power amp, uh, it runs higher uh, at higher speed. but if you play that kind of volume, you wouldn't hear it anyway. You want to hear some more sounds or demo? How do you want sure. To I um, I'm, yeah, I maybe give you the full run through. <laughs> oh yeah, you want to go back to you want to take it out of the power soak now? Yeah, I just or? take off the power oh, soak cool. because then switch off. Okay. <laughs> does sound great at low volume. Yeah. So that would be the clean ch channel there. Uh, that's the clean channel. I, I do the full reset now so I have no low gain and no low power. So he's so holding all three buttons down from yeah. the front. So now you're at... You turn it on while holding down all three buttons, which is a reset. And this, this, it's the yeah. easy way to do. You know, whatever I've done to the unit, I come back to normal. Yeah, and yeah. it's like back to 100 watts and back to um, the, the the high uh, sensitivity input. And right. that's the way I personally play it. You know, yeah. um, and of course, it, 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 I understand the the recipe of you know the good old Marshall here, and therefore I was switching to the equivalent yeah. of yes. power and gain. Yeah, that's you know. really cool. You say, if you know how to do it, you can really match these amps. If the person, yeah. If somebody knows. So that's a clean. That's Okay, let's start with the clean and... That's a, a simple, nice, and how to describe it. Um, it's a clean, well, as... Really clean, no yeah. no breakup. No breakup, so. But I could actually increase the volume here and then it's get a bit hotter yeah. and maybe I get the boost on top of that. Does the boost add the uh, clean breakup? Yeah, and and it, it all helps to. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I would probably leave it like that, so. Yeah. To get that clean tone, you have this because you were just adjusting the little side knobs, the mini knobs, yeah. which is the second tone stack. Yeah, it's it is like um, on the side of the amp one. There's uh, a few mini knobs. I call them custom control because it's like yeah. you can dial in your custom tone, and um, anything that is on the f face on the front is the stuff that you can easily access when you play live it's right and this is like the overall travel uh and you know the yeah. overall master volume and, and uh, but the tweak the twiddly stuff is on the side yeah yeah oh. 
Yeah, so, that's my reverb. And so you turned up the boost on the clean to kind of make it sound like an overdriven, like yeah. super or overdriven twin. Yeah, something like uh, you know uh, yeah. a nice clean amp that is. R yeah, it's hot. You know. Yeah, that's the tone. And then if you back off your volume, it's probably super yeah. clean. That's all there. And it's, um, I mean, we're still at yeah. uh, bedroom volume yeah, here. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, while talking, you can hear that the guitar is not like 10 times louder the real deal. And yeah, the next channel on this one. So for that one, you had, did you have both boosts on? You also have the center boost for the one you were just doing the clean tone. Um, yeah, I, I was using the, 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 the boost switch which gives me this extra and I had the the clean volume set to like eight or so. Right. So this is kind of think of the clean volume just like a fender yeah. clean volume. So yeah. some people don't get it right. They think, oh clean volume, put it on ten so it's loud. But when you put a fender amp on ten it's loud and it's a bit beefy and it breaks up. So some people go, hey if it's on ten it's not clean anymore. Well, this is what I wanted. I wanted yeah. to have it just like a Fender. So if you put this back to like five, yeah. it is really clean. Oh, yeah. 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 Now I pull it on 10. Yes. So I, I personally like it kind of in in a yeah just on the edge of breaking up yeah, yeah. that's great so then you obviously got three other channels yeah now i enter the overdrive world first one is uh, the vintage channel and this is like you know lower setting where it starts to break out little bit more gain so now it's a And a 10, that's, f I do a lot with the volume on my guitar. Yeah, so it's, right, that's, that's so yeah. And this is at bedroom volume, okay? Absolutely. So, now, a, now you're boosting. Yeah, I boost this channel, and this is like my classic rock uh, heaven sound. This again, is what, that's the big center boost button on the amp one you can't miss right. it yeah 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 that's that sounds great very sparkly so this is my bread and butter sound because now I can reduce the volume on the guitar and this is it's my clean tone. The way I play yeah. personally. So to recap, to recap, your number one sound like when you're gigging is the vintage. The vintage boosted channel with the boost switch on in the middle, yeah. all lit up. The yeah. buttons have nice amber rings around them when they're lit yeah. up. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it, this comes from my, you know, uh, past when I was playing the Marshall on 10 and had a boost, you know, so that th this is how I grew up sound. Right. So what, what kind of boost would you use? And then to, um, in, if I wasn't using my boost yeah. in my amp, um, like what, what inspired this boost that you have here? Like what kind of pedals? <laughs> oh, man, I have so many boost pedals um, and there's, they are all great for different reasons. But um, something that is probably tube style like a love pedal boost what is it the cot 50 ceo okay. church of tone uh -huh. that's uh, in this direction i was very influenced by the range master boost which is yeah. th the boost used by all my heroes but it's uh, the range master has too much coloration i wouldn't put that on the amp itself because it it is like Brian May yeah. meets Richie Blackmore, and then it would be too far in a certain direction. But um, what I like about this kind of boost is it helps to clean up the guitar when you turn down the volume. Ah, interesting. And, that, and that's, that's what I'm about, you know. I switch off my boost on the M1 and it's clean, nice, but... It's a little if, thinner. Yeah, and with the boost, the sparkle is there, and the, that's me. That's great. So, where are your gain settings on your now on ten for your for your go to tone? You got the gain on ten and you got and the, the boost engage yeah. as well. And then you can clean up anytime you want from the guitar. And then that's the vintage. Now, what differentiates in your mind vintage versus classic? Because you also have the classic channel, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, simply listen because this is a get rid of the boost again. So this is vintage on ten. <laughs> to classic yeah it has more it's beefier it's more 100 watt Marshall-esque so uh -huh. to speak you know it's it's the man so it's kind of similar but you're just a little yeah stronger a little more roided out yeah <laughs> I yeah less it still cleans up very nicely but it is it's not so fragile in a way you know right. and it's like a a vintage amp versus a, you know a solid modern amp that has a, a preamp saturation and a more controlled kind of overdrive right so if you speak in technical terms if 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 you look at the the curve of the tube saturation um, it's yeah. smoother in the vintage and and it is kind of a bit harder in the classic. So the yeah. classic is like clean, yeah. still clean. I increase the volume on the guitar and then suddenly it breaks up. Versus the vintage, there's already a little growl coming in that yeah. kind of blends into the clean signal. Right, that's all. Awesome. Then the mar the modern side, of course, is... Uh, the modern, yeah, that's... Um, 
And you're still using single coils on your Strat here. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful gain. Now, a lot of us, you know, the more you do this, you realize how important it is to have, like, a, some good mid-range and stuff and a really heavy low end yeah actually doesn't always mix that well with a band on stage you kind of sound you lose your clarity you're like what happened <laughs> yeah but if you can you get that deep low end if you're running through like a oh, closed sure. 4x12 sure. closed I, back cabinet I can yeah. get it I know right now we're using like a Vox cabinet so it's a different game yeah yeah, yeah. This, this Vox cabinet is kind of more class classic mid-rangey yeah. yeah but um, okay I can use the uh, custom uh, tone control on the side and actually make this sound a bit... Uh, it was somewhere in the middle. First, I make it like more 80s metal to show you the same channel but with more bite, actually. And then I, I give you the low end. <laughs> You know, wow. so this is like the yeah the classic uh, '80s tone from the modern channel. But okay, I show you what happens while while doing this. Go back with the tone is here. Oh yeah, it's getting deeper. Yes, it's getting deeper. Okay, and a then a lot of sustain even yeah. at low volume. Now I got rid just of. Yeah one inch on the mid control and this gives me the you have those seems like you have muscle memory you know where all the because mini controls those are pretty small yeah on the side but you have got it down with memory with just <laughs> right you can and if someone uses it a while they can remember where all the knobs are i hope so <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> well, like six knobs it is six knobs yeah right. and um on the side there. It, it, I know it, what you mean. You get them set. You usually get a set where you want it. And then, and then forget about adjust it. Adjust the main knobs on the yeah, front. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now we do the demo yeah. mode. But when I go on stage, my amp is always on the same position. You know, it takes some yeah. time till you find your personal, you know, settings. Yeah. And the only knobs then I actually tweak mm. are the one on the front panel. Because they will affect all the tones. And then you can adjust to the room or the band or, you know different uh, acoustical environments and uh, this is actually all i'm i'm using after i've done my basic setup now I, I always get a little just intimidated when i have two treble knobs you know you've got so each channel you know, has its own tone and then the except, master tone. except for the vintage channel so for me the vintage oh. channel is kind of the center of my tonal world right right since it can go to clean and it can go to overdrive so um if i use the three band overall eq on the front panel i start with the vintage channel to make that sound best with the cabinet and then i switch to the other channels and then use the, the custom controls on the okay. side to match it with this vintage channel that's the Very way i cool. do it yeah but other people have other styles and Oh man, this world is so. Guitar players are. Oh, it never ends. Never. I've ends. done a lot of gigs with 
the amp one. And the number one thing you have to remember is to bring a really long speaker cable. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, otherwise, you got to put the amp way back there. But it's nice to have it right on your pedal board. And then you have short right. patch cables. You don't have to have a million feet of patch cables. And this Which is, goes, this yeah. I think, is another ad advantage because the patch cable from your pedal board to your amp actually also is uh, costs some sound. You know, it takes away some of the nice high end because the, the signal yeah. at, at the front end is more sensitive than on the back end. So a long speaker cable is not killing that much sound as a long guitar cable. So therefore, um, if you put the amp one on your pedal board or in front of you, First, you have the knobs right, easy to access in front of you. You don't have to go turn the back to the audience and stand there for <laughs> 10 minutes yeah. dialing in the tone so they can still see what you're doing. And um, the other thing is, um, with shorter cables in the, in the front end from pedals to the amp, you actually gain signal quality because right. shorter patch cables. Yeah, low impedance. And yeah. I mean, especially if you're running the effects loop where a lot of people will run a 12-foot cable out. Well, they already went all the way through their pedal board into their amp, and then they run 12 back feet from the amp to back the pedal out to the pedal board, and then 12 feet back. Yeah. I had exactly that setup. So my uh, former gigging uh, setup was a Yusen Kettner Triamp that features 13 tubes. Now I have only one left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, I had a pedal board with all my beloved effects. Nice. I still have the same effects on my pedal board. But... I had exactly the cable that came from the output of the pedal board to the input of the tube amp. Then I had the send from the tube amp back to the pedal board and then the return from my echo back to the return of the amp. Yeah. Uh, plus I had to have a switching cable for switching the channels. And this was yeah. kind of thick, long, you know. Yeah, you got like five cables going. Yeah, or and four. <laughs> I had an extra bag just for cable. Then I had my pedal board, then I had my head. Now, everything is in one. My pedal board, my amp, and my cable is, is gone. You know, oh, it's all in one. It's all in my pedal board. You're making a good pitch here, a good sales pitch. Well, <laughs> I did it for myself, and I love it, because right. I don't know uh, what about you, but most of the time I do set up my gear myself. Yeah. And it's like when you go on stage and you stand there and people talk to you and you come back and on the way there there's another guy talking to you and you know going back to the car there's another guy talking you never get it done and yeah. and now i just go to my car one hand is the pedal board other hand is my fat cap and on the back there's the guitar so out the guitar out of the car on stage set up done and That's the same great. thing after the show yeah. How do you use the effects loop? Because what's very cool is the effects loop is series or parallel. If right. Anyone doesn't know series means the signal just goes straight into the pedal and straight out. But parallel, you can mix, mix in it. the pedal yeah. as much as you would like or not like. Yeah. Which could be I'm, a little cleaner. I'm using it on parallel. So I. I so have, what do you have in there? Like a reverb and a delay or something? I have just a simple Boss DD2. Cool. And, like and an old delay pedal. Yeah. And. And the DD2 is my secret weapon first. David Gilmore used one, I heard. Um, yeah. And you can modify those. So the repeats, um, they have a little high-end roll-off, which makes the, the, this, the, the repeats of the delay sound even warmer. Right. And this is my little modification. And then when you blend the DD2 in parallel, the amp is just 100% pure. So you turn that up, the mix all the way up on the DD2, yeah. and then with your blend knob on the on the amp, amp one, one, I have it on on parallel. 
So you just turn it up like to four or five or something. Yeah, that's it. Just, that's great. Yeah. You use reverb too, or are you just um, using amp reverb? I use the amp reverb. That you already have on there. Yeah, I mean, especially since the M1 Mercury Edition has an improved reverb, that reverb I really like. But to be honest, I was never that kind of a big reverb guy. So m mainly I play clubs that already have some reverb <laughs> by <Right>. nature. <laughs> and yeah. and then, then I, I'm not using that much reverb. But sometimes you are playing in a super dry environment uh, where it's like, yeah, a, a little reverb helps. Oh man, thanks for telling me all about that. It's uh, such a cool unit. I'm looking at it for any hardcore Amp1 users too. If there's any more questions I gotta ask you, but I was, I've learned a lot. It's really interesting to start by setting it up on the vintage channel because yeah. that could be like your unity. Yeah. And then... A reference point. Yes. yes. That's dope. And, and it does have a, a recording out, which yeah. means you can go straight into the PA system. And that's also improved with the new version. Cool. Uh, and and I've done that after I've done the Blue Box, which is a speaker emulator. So my head was into speakers for half a year. Yeah. And then I kind of revoiced the, the, the internal, which is, I think, pretty scary at this point. Have you recorded any songs yet with the Amp1? Ah, all my live stuff is, is using Amp1. Oh, really? I only recorded a live album. So all my rock anarchy which is my uh, free piece go to uh, classic rock band um, is recorded with amp1 and then yeah. i recorded a live dvd with a 80 piece symphony orchestra and band and this is also using amp1 oh well what song should we play um i'll, I'll get it up by idea. yeah okay uh, let me think about it uh, rock anarchy we could go for uh, Chris Isaac's song. Oh, you record that? Yeah, too. So you can hear how it sounds with the German singer yeah. English. <laughs> yeah, right, and with a, a stage volume with probably some yeah, yeah. better mics than I have going here right. today. Right, yes, okay. yes. Well, I think I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, it's a pleasure, man. Just fantastic to finally meet up with you after being your fan for 10 years. Oh, I'm your fan. I follow <laughs> you, you know. Yeah, cool. it, it, you know, today it's so great if you see other people you know with uh, Instagram and that's the best part keeping in touch with people right yeah yeah, that, yeah. that's 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 a good part of and and you kind of can join other people's world a little bit exactly yeah and uh, for me it's also a big 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 pleasure to meet you finally oh, in this you. kind of yeah. real environment well so keep it alive to your 95 and be sure to keep on playing at noon until it's dark and you're <laughs> until it's dark and you're hungry yeah <laughs> everybody right on let's hear some of that music okay
Is safe.